Good evening, all you gamers out there. I hope you're ready for E3. This is Nick from YourGameSource.com with uh, my uh, partners in crime, Gerald, Chris, and Sam. Everybody say hi tonight. Hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> well, depending on where you are in this world right now, if you're, if you're waiting around in Los Angeles to be first in E3, then good evening. Or, come bon moi. Thank <laughs> you. And is Gerald there? <laughs> and it's on the road again. Hey, like Willie Nelson, on the road again. It's <laughs> on the road again to E3. Everything's looking good at E3. I, I don't think he said that, but if you want to look for that. I'm sure that's what he meant, though. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. Of yeah, course. there you go. Well, tonight uh, on our, I guess, uh, first segment out of our uh, three or four that we got here, we're going to go over some of the new uh, info and updates that came out within the past week on uh, Gears of War 3, uh, new Call of Duty 3, uh, uh, Modern Warfare, sorry, Assassin's Creed Revelations, Batman Arkham Asylum, Forza Motorsports, and 4, and Mass Effect 3. Um, I think first we'll start out with the, uh, uh, the next epic release in uh, Microsoft's history of the uh, new Gears of War. Uh, I know Chris went over this uh, quite a bit. Um, in our last couple podcasts, but I think it's important to note that uh, Gears of War 3 will probably be one of the most noteworthy uh, appearances at E3, uh, at least that's what we're hoping for. So I'm going to hand the uh, conversation over here to uh, Chris and uh, Sam and uh, Gerald. Chris, would you start us out for that? Definitely, Nick. Well, Gears of War 3, uh, in many people's opinions, should be the best not best, the biggest thing that should be called a fourth uh, this E3, considering it's been pushed back for so long, uh, and it's one of the most highly anticipated Xbox games of all time, and from one of their best series, definitely. Uh, next to Halo, but, I mean, that's kind of iffy if you like that or not. Uh, but I'm definitely into the Gears of War saga, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that at uh, the E3 conference. How about yourself, Sam? I'm stoked, honestly. Um, I think they really left off Gears of War 2 with huge cliffhanger, and I'm just excited to see where they go from there, what kind of changes they make. I, I know a lot of the recent feedback I've been hearing is that it had some matchmaking and uh, balance spawn issues, stuff like that. Is there a, <laughs> I haven't really gotten a chance to play the beta, sadly to say. Chris, what, what were your experiences with that? As far as the beta goes, there were some... Uh glitches that needed to be fixed but uh nothing that i nothing that won't be fixed for sure uh there were some spawn issues i re i realized when i was playing uh capture the leader i could have the leader hiding in a spawn and all, all five of them would spawn right next to me out of nowhere and it was kind of ridiculous but uh it kind of sucked and i know they're going to fix it from all the complaints they've been getting or epic is and I, I mean, other than that, a couple other little features that people didn't like were the new weapons. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you guys tried it, Sam or Gerald, if you like the new weapons, but uh, let me hear what you guys had to say. I didn't really mess with too many of the new ones just because I was really comfortable with the old ones. Like, you can meet just the original Lancer, and I'm fine with that. Um, I did not like the sawed-off shotgun. I think I expressed that before. Um, but... I don't know. I'm not really too much one way or the other. I know there were uh, different 
number of variations for the projectile, the projectile weaponry. Aren't all guns projectiles? Yeah, but I know. Didn't they? Uh, I thought they had some new ones. That, eh, maybe not. Are you talking about the digger launcher? Yeah. Yeah, that one uh, basically launches a grenade underground, pops up next to anybody, and explodes. Uh, good, kind of good for getting out campers, but sucks for everything else. <laughs> well, my can. biggest thing, biggest question for Gears War Three is why they decided to put Anya in a combat role. <laughs> That's because, a big question. Well, because in the first Gears, they planned on putting in a girl for, for the female, like people that are playing it uh, for the females, and they decided to take it out because they just didn't want to add that much into it. And so now that Gears 3 has come along and it's been such a big hit, they decided to re-put it back in. And if you read throughout the stories and stuff, uh, she sat back at Control, and now Control is basically running out of... Uh, or actually, the Gears are running out of uh, soldiers, so they had to start sending people from Control out there. And she had to be one of them, as well as, uh, uh, what is her name, like, Matisse or something like that. Someone else that you'll find out later from. Um, with that, I know they're doing the four-player co-op this time instead of just two. So do you think she'll be part, I mean, you'd assume that the four would be Delta Squad, but do you think she's going to be a part of that? Like, I don't know how that's going to tie in plot-wise. I think she's going to be a part of certain missions, uh... Or if not, maybe you can change out characters or something. I'm not sure, but uh, hopefully we'll see that at E3. And well, four-player co-op will be presented at E3. Uh, okay. I've already seen that the blueprints of the booth, there's uh, War 3 booth, at Microsoft Station in E3, and they've said that uh, it will be on display um, as far as the four-player co-op is concerned. So, I, And I'm assuming... As far as Anya being in it, I think it's it's to cater, and it's to uh, actually cater is probably a poor choice of words, but to to uh, identify uh, and recognize uh, the vast number of female players uh, that are out there, uh, yeah. so that they can maybe identify more with that. Such as Mass Effect does give me the option to create a male or a female character. Would that would I be mistaken in that or? Um. I think it just depends on the level. Like, for me, like, problem playing as a guy, like, at all. And sometimes when they make, like, I feel like they're just putting Anya just because she's a girl. Like, I don't think it's as, I mean, if they have the plot to back it up, like, like Chris said, like, why she decided to become a soldier, that's one thing. But to just arbitrarily be like, oh, you could be a girl. Like, I mean, I find it comforting, but only within reason, I guess. Well, I know during the multiplayer beta that there was a substantial number of individuals that wanted to play as Anya. And I don't think uh, that all of them were female. So I know she brings a new character dynamic into the game. Um, and I think that may be also a reason why that she was brought into it. What do you guys think, like, if you had option to play as a female like have you guys ever done that like i no, i have i actually did like go through and it's just like i'll be a girl well i did it for the beta i did play as anya just to try it out then i got stuck with coltrane uh but uh i do try it for other uh games because certain ones they actually do affect your gameplay uh such as fable or 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain RPGs and stuff that if you play as a girl, they might be faster but weaker or something similar to that effect. And uh, it sometimes doesn't depend on what like I'm trying to do. Well, well I know uh, in playing games, you know, for Switch just got debuted for the reboot of Tomb Raider, and you'll be seeing that very soon right on yourgamesource.com. Uh, that video uh, shows, obviously, you know, the tremendous value of having a strong female character in a game series. And then there's, like, Bayonetta, where it's like, oh, yes, that is very much a female. Like, I didn't oh, yeah. like Bayonetta <laughs> because I, I don't think it really... I don't think I enjoyed it as much as a male player would. It was a Devil, Devil May Cry copy, copycat. Like, I love Devil May Cry, but I just didn't like Bayonetta. I love Bayonetta. As a matter of fact, it's my uh, screensaver. But. I know also um, <laughs> Kotaku, uh, I'm sorry, Kotaku um, recently posted new t- uh, details about uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Um, I know they were talking about the uh, Killstreak Awards and, uh, you know, thing, things of that nature. I, since a lot of it came from insider sources and uh, not particularly Activision, you know, naturally none of this can be confirmed. Um, although at E3, again, we're hoping that a lot of this information will become a lot more concrete. Uh, whether or not Activision will play a large part in announcing anything pertinent, um, I mean, what, what's your guys' well- opinion on that? Well, I'll tell you right now, you have to talk about Call of Duty. You have to talk about the major announcement this week of Call of Duty Elite, which is the new uh, subscription-based service uh, for, that's how should I say, the, probably the maybe top 10% of volume players uh, that are on Call of Duty uh, with the subscription service that you're going to pay monthly to get the probably already have, are used to when you're playing uh, Halo or Halo 3 or Halo Reach and you were going off and using the Bungie Net site, which kept, you know, a track of running scores, kept playing uh, in correct orders, these things like that were also set up, uh, clan-by-clan tournaments. Those things actually will not be free this time. They'll actually be on a pay service coordinated through Activision, but I think uh, that needs to be talked about because uh, that's something that they uh, said Activision for quite a bit, quite a while, that they wanted to monetize Call of Duty as much as possible, and this is an extension of that. Yeah, I can see them doing that. Well, they already are in the process of doing that, and uh, it's going to be going forward for Black Ops, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three, and it's a service that's going to be available for mainly. It's going to be recommended for the very heaviest of, of Call of Duty players. Multiplayer will still be free to an extent, but if you want added features, free DLC, things of that nature as part of the package and incentive of buying the monthly package from Call of Duty Elite, that's what's going to be all about. But, but you know, I mean, that, and that's very functional when you consider the large-scale um, gaming community that spends such a heavy amount of time playing those particular titles. I mean, that's that's a very beneficial, not only financial move for them, but on for the gamer. Provide, I think it's provide them a lot more um, experience out of that game. Yeah. So I mean, what do you think about that, Sam? How do you feel about that? How do you um, feel about Call of Duty monetizing and getting every penny they can out of your Call of Duty wallet? <laughs> um, I personally am not a big Call of Duty fan. Um, cause I'm not big enough for first person shooters, 
But as far as their let's say they did in gears, let's say gears of war. Let's say uh, let's say Cliffy B announced a oh. gears of war. Sorry. Honestly, people are going to pay it, so I don't think they if they sell it, people will buy it. Um, I think big franchises like that, while they, they, I think they do deserve to make much money. Sometimes people might might not think it's fair for them to milk so much, but when you're that huge, you can. So, I mean, if you're going to make a fantastic product that everybody loves, I mean, why not? Do you think? And this question's already been raised uh, from all the feedback that I've seen and all all the uh, interest that's been garnered since that announcement. Do you think this will hurt future multiplayer experiences in the Call of Duty world because they'll be expecting you to pony up beyond the sixty dollars you already paid? That's. I think it's really just going to depend. Like. It seems like a rather new approach to take. So, I think with I think current, it really just depends on how it goes the first time around. The current state of the economy, I I really, and I know I mean I mean I know I've said this before, but I just don't think uh, with as penny pinching as people are now, that implementing a service, another service that you're going to have to pay for, is going to be a real good, substantial way to bring in any more revenue. I mean that's my opinion. Well, would you would you rather if you, you love Call of Duty would you love Call of Duty or spend another sixty bucks on another game? So I think it's the Call of Duty will keep people in. So it's like oh you could spend however much and stay with this awesome Call of Duty stuff. Or uh, and I think I agree with you on that Sam because it's going to cater not to the what umpty million people that play it. You know, casually, it's going to cater to that ten percent of players that will just that just eats up anything that Activision dishes out when it's named Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's correct, Rick? Yeah, definitely. It is a. It's exactly what you're saying. Um, if so many people have heard Call of Duty, they go on. They even just turn it on and see. There's a little subscription to play with the best of the best. Uh, a lot of people are just going to say, hey, why not? And either pay a month, pay a year, do whatever they can if they want to play with the best, whether it's with a clan. Yeah, and your buddies got it, so it's like, oh, hey, drop this money and play with your Oh, okay, exactly. I don't really play anything else. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, they do it with uh, with other games as well for Xbox. There's uh, one called Fantasy Star Universe, an MMO, and that one's uh, it's all online subscription. But uh, as far as that, nobody really has heard of it. It's not a big game. And Call of Duty, which sells million and a half copies the first week, uh, they're definitely going to get probably a little more than 10% of those people to uh, actually go for that elite online server. Well, I mean, you know, on uh, on that topic, I mean, let's transition over to uh, what about, I know this is really kind of an abrupt end, sorry, but what about the Assassin's Creed uh, Revelations? Do you think that's... It better have online. Well, I mean, is it really going to be a, a another example. I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many Assassin's Creed games well, do you really need to make? Well, another example of Ubisoft is taking the steps and the same steps that Activision and trying to grease it all, grease it for all it's worth. Because 
Uh, Assassin's Creed, they should have done, this should be number three. But they're trying to prolong it with Assassin's Creed 2, then 2A, now 2B comes out. What is it going to be like? 2BB, you know, <laughs> game comes out. It's got to, you know, eventually, eventually it's got to end at some point in time, or you're also going to get, uh, you know, a backlash uh, from your players. Now, the multiplayer. Uh, that has just started recently in last year's ver- uh, reiteration of um, Assassin's Creed, so they could enhance that product, but they can go forward with that part of it, but yet end the single place player story. At least, you know, if not now, they got to end it on the next episode. Yeah, it's just, and you know what? The, the great thing, I mean, I've, I've always loved about Assassin's Creed. Um, was that it has a very intricate storyline and plot, and I mean it has a good balance of action, and uh, you know, and, and the more recent developed uh, titles, uh, I, I believe it was Assassin's Creed Two. You know, you got to develop your um, your city, which was kind of cool. I mean, it wasn't really the the primary focus of the game, but um, it was a cool concept because you could go in essence go back to your city, um, you know, buy weapons and equipment. And, you know, it kind of gave you an extra, some side quests to do, considering the fact that, you know, you had extra quests and everything else you could do from there. Um, I mean, I think it's a real solid selling title, but again, you know, uh, enough is enough after a while. You're like, let's finish the story, clean it up, and, and move on. You think they'll do another time frame in the future? Uh, quite possibly. I, th- I think it's going to lead to another iteration of stories. Yeah. I really under another uh, surname. Yeah, or just you know what? If you're gonna keep the title or end it, just make a you know like they like they did for um, uh, Alan Wake. As bad as that game was, they just added different episodes to continue on the storyline if you chose to. Yeah. And, well, they're gonna re, but they're gonna bring out another Alan Wake too. So obviously the sales were not as disappointing, uh, or Microsoft's commitment to uh, Alan, financial commitment to Alan Wake has to culminate in another Alan Wake. They need to just they need to scrap that. That was such a horrific game. To you, I mean, my friend bought every DLC for it, and he loves it, and he actually. Uh, oh my goodness! R- ridiculously as it is, he actually bought the book that has to go with it. And see, I could do a book. I could definitely read an, an Alan Wake book. That game sucks so much. But, it's just scary. <laughs> but remember, it came out the same week and the same time frame as Red Dead and Redemption, and got destroyed sales-wise by that game. So Mike and that game had been in development for you know beyond seven years. Um, so Microsoft, as I stated earlier, had made a has made a tremendous financial commitment to the series. Wow. So I guess they have no other choice at this time but to go forward with it. I, I guess just fighting flying farming equipment and <laughs> natural disasters maybe just isn't my my forte. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> well, you finished it, didn't you? I finished it because I had to do a review on it, not because I wanted to. <laughs> I had no obligation, so I didn't finish it. All right. Anyway, moving on. Let's move on to uh, the new Batman. What is everybody's opinion? How I know Batman, you know, just as a as a as a figure, just is a money maker. Just just anything with Batman, I know, um, and and that goes with DC and Marvel and 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 anything else that that comes out, any kind of game game related to that, I know is a, an immediate money maker for for the developer. Do you guys foresee 
growth, continued growth with this with this series, or do you think it's going to flop? I think it'll be really successful. I mean, Arkham Asylum, I loved Arkham Asylum. I'm really stoked for Arkham City. I just don't know plot-wise how much farther they can go with it. Well, Batman Arkham Asylum uh, is going, you know, one game was, you know, I learned critical raves. It was again a lot of people's game. It was the first Batman game in probably forever that it was actually revered so so heavily. I adored it. I'm a huge comic fan. I adored that game. Um, I did see the new video that's actually up right now on our video. Gamesource.com, the new cat plays trail co-op for, uh, capabilities. So they've introduced that with this game. Um, so you want to check that out at yourgamesource.com on our videos page. Uh, so I know that brings something new. And obviously the cast of villains, because it's now in a city and not in just one area, it's going to make it a lot more enticing, in my opinion. Chris? Uh, <laughs> sorry, you kind of caught me off guard there. Um, I'm not going to say that I don't think it's going to last very long, but uh, I just haven't been a big fan of the Batman like series. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just not a superhero fan. Really. Oh, yeah, we're uh, not friends anymore. <laughs> so, I've just never really liked it. I've uh, never really tried it out. So, I guess I can't say that it's going to end or it's going to keep going. But it wouldn't hurt me either way if it kept going or if it ended. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that one of these days I'll try it out. If I do like it, then I can contribute a little bit more to that. Uh, but as far as right now, I'm just iffy. Okay, so here's another title in question. And, and you know what? I'm not a big fan of racing, but I know Forza, the new Forza coming out, Forza 4, um, you know, is is going to be big for some. Again, I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a real sport sports type of gamer. I know Turn 10 Studios finally pulled back the curtain on Forza Motorsport 4. Um, I know it it's going to probably bring a lot of potential to the table. Again, I just think... You know, with with the um, not recent, recent but fairly recent release of the new Gran Turismo. I mean, to what extent are they going to stop with the Forzas? Are they going to stop with the the Gran Turismo? Is it going to stop with the Need for Speeds? I mean, you know, what what do you, what do you think, Gerald? Well, Forza for it's going to incorporate Connect. Uh, I know they've already shown highlights of that when you're looking and viewing at a car. And they've also talked about head tracking mu- movements that you're going to be able to make via the Connect, which will make it a much more realistic experience, according to what they say. My, you know, pr- impressions of it probably will be coming after E3 because they're going to have it uh, extensively on display at E3 in the Microsoft booth, right near Gears of War 3. So I'm going to probably have to say it's it's looking okay. It has its audience. Obviously, the customization capabilities that you can do to your car, um, they just based off the last one, uh, is, is great. So if you're, you're a car game buff, buff this is really going to be the game for you. Um, just I want to see if the Connect features are just going to be something that's tacked on that nobody wants to deal with, or is it going to just be something that's going to enhance the driving experience? I think Connect will definitely bring a uh, a new turn to 
uh, the game overall. I mean, just like, I mean, Kinect really brings a very uh, ex exponential um, growth to, to really any title that caters to it, and especially the newer titles coming out. I mean, uh, look at L.A. Noir. I mean, um, I know we had discussed this in our last podcast. I mean, look how intricate the movements were coordinated in, in regards to, you know, to you, you know? All right, guys, so... Um, that will conclude our first section of the evening. We are going to take a short uh, recess, and we'll be back with you in just a couple seconds. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Yay! Great job, girls. The Round Table of Welcome back, Game Source listeners. Uh, yeah, that was a little corny, but um, we're going to go into a little bit on Mass Effect 3, and then we're going to move on to our next topic of the evening. Uh, the Sony PlayStation phone uh, gets released. Is it really worth it? But first, we'll start with Mass Effect 3. Um, Mass Effect 3 is really a personal favorite. Um, the Mass Effect series has been a personal favorite of mine. Gerald actually first initially got me started into it, and... Um, you so, bet your sweet bottom dollar I did. <laughs> I was very reluctant to play it at first, just like Bioshock, which he got me into also when we were working together back at the game store. But it, the both titles ended up being a fantastic titles. So um, I know that Mass Effect 2 uh, certainly didn't disappoint me um, with the new combat system they've kind of implemented. Uh, not new, but in, um, improved upon from what it was before in some, in, in some respects. What are our anticipations for Mass Effect 3? Is it going to deliver as, as powerful as Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 1 did? Is it going to cater uh, to a greater audience? What are your guys' outlook on that? Maybe, Chris, do you want to start us off on that? Um, hmm. I mean, as far as like what they can offer more into it, I'm not actually sure what they could do. Uh, Mass Effect 3 has just been... Or Mass Effect series, my bad, has been uh, advancing every single one. I'm pretty sure they would do the same thing with this one. I just don't know exactly what they could add to make it better. Uh, but definitely, there is a lot of potential that they're going to be at that they could add to it. Uh, I I'm really just going to have to wait and see until something comes out more uh, focused for it, so I can find out. Sam, what do you think? Um. With me, or with Mass Effect 2, I I was super excited for it. I've never been more excited for a sequel. I refused to read or watch or listen to anything before it. So when I actually played it, I, it was an incredible experience. So I'm trying my hardest to avoid anything on it. Um, I know it's going to be awesome. Um, I think what it'll be better at, at for Mass Effect 2 is... It'll release on PlayStation 3 at the same time, whereas before it came out on Xbox and then a while later came out on PlayStation. So I think it's sales-wise, it's going to easily double what it was because it's on twice as many consoles. Um, my only main concern with it is how they're going to justify um, starting over with a character. Like in the second one, I don't know if I'm ready to allow to spoil the first ten minutes, but you die and are reborn, hence redistributing your talents. But with the, this third one, like I don't know how 
they're going to be like, oh, by the way, your talent's reset, and now you have to level up again. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a little weirded out by the beginning of Mass Effect 2. Overall, I mean, I like how, I, I kind of like how they rebalance the stats. It really depends on what, what job classification you were from the first one. I, I mean, me personally, I was more of a half bionic, half, you know, assault of... Um, Vanguard? Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't even remember what it was. It's been a while since I played it, so... Overall, I mean, yeah, I I don't really, I can't even even formulate a, a real strong opinion on what to expect with Mass Effect 3. I know this one is going to be, you know, the Reapers come to Earth. I, I think it's going to be a lot more maybe epic and dramatic compared to the first or second ones since you've already have a pretty well-established character line, you know, plot line. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I'm hoping to see... Uh, fresh content in E3. Uh, I personally, again, am a real big Mass Effect 3 fan. I mean, Gerald, what what do you think? Do you think they're going to go over the top on anything, introduce anything real new or outlandish? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I had an in-depth interview with Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> well, most uh, people... Well, actually, well, I don't know if you you haven't been to my uh, you haven't been to my game room when seen uh, my uh, six foot tall shepherd original uh, uh, Mass Effect uh, sure uh, poster that I've got. I helped put it up. Remember? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so if I was talking to him. He really wouldn't give me anything to talk about as far as secrets or anything. All I could tell you is that it's it's not going to be a cooperative play deal. It's staying within a single-player framework. Yes, they are nerfed, but I think they're going to really be able to be able to tie everything together very well. And I'm going to tell you, I think it's going to have an awesome, awesome ending. I am looking so forward to it. I'm glad that they moved over into January, February, March for release day time and allows them to have that like they did with Mass Effect 2, their own release time frame where the whole gaming world is just focused on them. What about multiplayer? Multiplayer, they've talked about hinted that it's going to be something that's going to be um, done on another game basis in the Mass Effect world. Um, I have, I, I eventually think maybe an MMO might be in store after the completion of Mass Effect 3. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening, mm. totally. Um, so, we're, we're going we're gonna to end uh, our discussion topic on Mass Effect 3. We're, gonna, we're actually going to shift over to the, uh, the new uh, Sony PlayStation phone. You know, this has been under a lot of skepticism lately because, really, in all actuality, the PlayStation Portable, is, in, in my opinion at least, has not been a real success a uh, successful um, portable device. The Sony Ericsson, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Sphere... Uh, I don't even know how. Xperia. It's the Xperia. It's the Xperia. And basically what it is, it's Sony's new phone that was just, phone that was just released with not only built PlayStation emulating games, uh, but also as well, it uses the Google platform and I think just the release of that raises a lot of questions as far as for the future of handheld gaming. But I will digress. Go ahead, Nick, with what you were talking about. 
No, I was just gonna. It basically, what the Sony phone is is a handheld gaming smartphone, uh, much like your uh, Apple iPhone 4 or your Android. Um, it has an Android 2.3 um, system built into it, PlayStation certified, you know, all that, all that other good stuff. Based on what the photos are representing, it seems like, you know, your, your typical Android phone, except when you flip it out, you'll have a lot of the PS1 classics. I believe they've so far announced, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, 20 titles that will be available for the new PlayStation phone. Uh, again, I don't know if this is going to be a real heavy launch for Sony PlayStation. Back from our experience with the PlayStation Move, Sony didn't really invest a great deal of money or time into promoting their new product for the Move. I don't know if, if they're planning on investing more time and money and effort into promoting this PlayStation phone. Frankly, I think it's going to be probably yet another dead-end project like the PlayStation Portable. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what what's your guys' opinion on that? Chris? What do you think? Uh... Did I slam Honestly, you with another one? <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, I, ju- let, oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, I think it's not the biggest thing out there, uh, and it shouldn't, I mean, it shouldn't be used to replace, like, a PSP or a PS3 or anything like that. Maybe just to be a phone, uh, kind of like a Windows phone that's going to be uh, just used to kind of help with your experience if you like PlayStation that much. But... Nothing too, I guess, extreme. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be a replacement for a PlayStation Portable. I mean, power-wise, I just don't think you're going to get the same. I I don't know. At least a lot of. But that's not the. But that's not the point. The point is with the Xperia being released, and it's a it's catering to itself to gamers. With the iPad getting more games every day, you know, the Apple's going to have their convention this week. You know, going uh, in competition with E3, and you know they're going to, redu- you know, introduce something that's going to probably be even more enticing to gamers. It's just all these things are taking away from you know people interested in spending. What's going to be four hundred dollars? No, I'm not four hundred dollars. Excuse me, three hundred dollars, two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars for a 3DS or an NGP. And the question is. Do you want to spend that much on a something that doesn't even t- make phone calls, make or take phone calls, or do you want something that gives you a pleasurable game experience but also serves many other features? And like you were talking about earlier, Nick, where you said people have limited budgets, I think this is going to become more and more the reality for a lot of consumers, and I think this is going to start steering itself away from handhelds, and I think the handheld market is going to become even more and more a niche market. We've already seen the slowdown and the unimpressive numbers that the 3DS have had because of the, the horrible launch lineup that came out of it. But to me, another factor of that as well is there's a lot more things that you can have in your hands as far as something that's almost as powerful, does quite the same thing, and you can get the same kind of enjoyment out of it as far as game-wise, um, as far as for you know from a phone than you can do on a handheld. See, I'm, I guess, kind of on the other side of the fence. I don't think it's going to have that big of an effect. I think mostly because, at least in America, with handhelds, it's mostly children. So, 
I think it's easier for a parent to say, I don't want to deal with phone crap. Hey, here's a DS for my eight-year-old. I think just convenient, con- conveniency, con- whatever that word would be, <laughs> wise, um, it, it's just easier for a parent to say, here's a DS and here's a game, and then for your birthday, I'll get you a game. It's easier to monitor as with a phone device. Yeah, it's a little less consistent. You don't have the liability, I guess. I, I understand where you're coming from uh, completely. You don't have that same liability as you would with a handheld where you don't have to worry about your kid calling 911. Um, but I think that's where I think that's where people get mistaken. The average user for games is now getting to be over thirty years old. It's not under twenty anymore. It's actually the average game user is getting to be well closer and closer to my but a, age. But a DS, like I don't know many people over thirty with a DS. That's correct. That I'm trying to tell you that yeah. more and more people are saying I can get the same experience from my iPad, from my iPod, from my iPhone, from my Google Android phone. But honestly, those games are nowhere near as good as what you can get from an actual manufacturer. That is reliable, I don't think. There's so much crap on iOS, like, it's ridiculous. Like, are you really going to get a good experience from Angry Birds, or are you going to get it from, like, a handheld Assassin's Creed type game? Yeah. If your kid is, like, four... I like Angry but, Birds, though. But there's a lot of casual <laughs> players out there who don't care about intricacies such as that. So they they get Angry Birds. You know how many how popular is Angry Birds? Almost everybody knows about Angry Birds. Yeah. You know, not everybody you know knows about NGP. Not everybody will know that PSP two is even going to come out. If it comes so out. That's, <laughs> Nobody will even, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't even care that it's out. It's going to come out. It's going to come out around $300 most likely, and people just won't want to spend that money. Instead, they'll probably get, you know, like upgrade their cell phone and have something that has not a similar experience, but something that will at least keep them in check and keep them in tune, uh, you know, as far as entertain, I guess, is the ultimate goal. Um, the game, the Infinite Blade, on the uh, on that's available on the iPhone and the iPad. That to me is an incredible looking game. Is it not? I haven't played it. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I have looked at some of its graphics and everything. It does look very good for such a for a phone game. You can kind of say. But that's the thing. Like it's you as you said. Like you said for a phone game. Like it's automatically assumed that phone games suck. <laughs> Like, but you have to make that clarification. Like, it's good for a phone game. But again, it's just not about the hardcore gamers. And, and yeah. it, it, the casual... The Wii is a perfect example. The Wii is not meant for the hardcore. Yet, how many Wiis have sold? That's that's true. Well, that's, let's When see. you're talking about making handhelds, that's the idea... That's the premise, excuse me, of what, you know, is going to be. You're catering to a certain type of crowd. When you try to go beyond, you're not going to be able to find much luck in today's marketplace. Let's finish up with this on our on our Roundtable of Doom segment. We still got to go over Infamous and Duke Nukem. <laughs> um, and, on, and on that on that cue, um, Infamous 2, um, <laughs> I've honestly... I thought Infamous One was pretty bad, in my in my opinion. I know it made you know PS3 greatest hits, but 
Well, if you have a PS3 now, you can get it for free as part of the welcome <laughs> back package. And that just just became available. The The PlayStation Store is now available, and it's now available in all areas again. And all X parts of the uh, the PlayStation Network is, are back and up and running, yep. finally. And I actually downloaded my two free PSP games for that already. So what would you pick up? Uh, Killzone Liberation and Pursuit Force. Good games. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Uh, you know, I, I had to laugh when I saw Duke Nukem here. Um, <laughs> we, that game has been talked about for years. What do you guys think between Infamous 2 and Duke Nukem? How do you think release-wise and number-driven-wise number do you think they will do upon release? With Duke Nukem, I think had it been released 15 years ago... Like, it would have done well, but I think just um, demographic-wise, like, it's before my time. So it might be awesome, but I don't I don't seem feel particularly drawn to it. Whereas maybe people who were, who played older ones would. I just, I feel like Duke Nico is before my time. I think I'd have more fun playing Pong. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Duke Nukem for me was an awesome experience. I enjoyed his machismo. I think it's going to sell pretty good, darn good uh, when it comes out in a couple weeks here. And I think the future forward as far as Duke Nukem games going forward, now, that's, now that the game itself is in the hands of Gearbox Software, uh, I think it speaks you know, pretty good for the series. And I think it's gonna, you're going to be seeing some more Duke Nukem iterations in the future. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope so, I guess. <laughs> Um, L.A. Noir sells 1.5 million, and it's called it. I didn't think that much. 1.5 million is first. All I know but, is my my brother asked me, "Oh, should I get it?" And I just I said, "Michael, you will love this game," because he's a rather intellectual person. And I was like, "Michael, you will love this game," and he's like, "All right." He picked it up, and a week later, he's like, "I just beat it. It was amazing." I'm like, "The tool is you." We just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there so everybody knew. Uh, we are going to go to another short Game Source intermission. <laughs> I'm going to start saying Game Source uh, before I say everything now. Uh, we're going to go do a brief uh, intermission and we'll be right back with you. Alright. Alright, welcome back, gamers. Um, this is our last segment of the evening. We're just going to quickly go over, um, again, we wanted to get Sam's opinion on her E3 preview since we kind of uh, jabbered about that on the last podcast. All right, tell us, Sam, which game you're going to like. I'm, I'm on pins and needles here. Which game is going to be your favorite, and who's going to win? Who's going to win? Let's see. I'm probably a tie between Gears 3 and Batman Arkham City. I think both of those will do incredibly well. You can only choose one. I can only choose one? Okay, uh, Gears War 3, then. I think that's going to take home whatever award it is. Um, as far as who's going to win it, it's gonna, I think it's going to be Microsoft. Just because I'm not seeing too many exclusive games to um, like to to PlayStation Three. I know Wii's got or whatever Zelda coming out. Super Mario Galaxy but, Three. Come on, yeah. Sam! I thought I we don't, were Zelda fans. <laughs> I know, but it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna carry as much as like Gears of War will. No, it won't. Like I'm not. It's not that I'm not excited for it. I just think Zelda Twilight Princess didn't really. Best win games. anything for me, so I'm Skyward Sword. I'm not super stoked about, yeah. um, but I do think Gears of War three 
is going to be the most exciting thing there because it's got a plot to carry over. It's a hu- it's hugely popular, and since it's, it's exclusive to the Xbox, I think that's why Microsoft will be the winner, just because it's got that exclusivity, while Sony really doesn't. Well, you heard it first from yourgamesource.com from Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be getting all kinds of mean things when I'm wrong, well, but I won't be, so it's okay. On, on that note, uh, everybody, um, we are going to have to wrap up this uh, for tonight, at least until we are on the road to Los Angeles here soon. On the road again! <laughs> um, really awesome to stop that. We just want to um, let you guys know that we will be constantly updating the website with not only interactive podcasts, but videos as well. As long Twitter! As- Twitter! Twitter! Yes, Gerald. Is Warner. there going to be anything on Twitter, Gerald? Uh, at GameSource. And Friend Facebook. us at, at Game Source and I'll make sure you will be twittified after this. And Facebook and YouTube. We're getting a lot of yeah. hits on our YouTube. Make sure we make note of that. But remember, if you guys are interested in us throwing up any content for you, just submit a uh, quick email to us on our contact form on under Contact Us. Um, you can use the keyword um, content, and we'll know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, remember to visit www.yourgamesource.com not only for the latest and greatest news and updates, but also for your live E3 coverage. Um, we would and, li- and the YouTube video is yourgamesource.com. That's yourgamesource.com. The entire thing. Dot d o t c o m. I had that, you know, it's YouTube. What could I say? Oh, you mean that literally? <laughs> just literally, that. it's yourgamesource.com. The entire one like word. The word your, the word game, the word source, the word dot, and the word com. Um, yes, all one word. Type it in there. You'll see all of our great videos. We've had quite a few hits already, especially on our Gears of War 3 preview. Uh, we're going to throw up all the, you know, the great videos there. Also on our site. It's everything. I'm just so excited. I'm packing up the van. I'm getting on my way now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, um, thank you very much for joining us as always today, uh, tonight. Sorry, we're, I'm already jumping ahead because it's going to be today soon. Um, again, check us out on www.yourgamesource.com. Send us over an email if you want something up on the site. And uh, you guys have a good night, our listeners out there, and we'll uh, be talking to you soon when we're on the road. So again. thank you, uh, Sam, Chris, Gerald. Thank you, guys. All right, no problem. See you later. That will conclude our evening. Good night, everyone. Good night. All right.